All right, what's up, everybody? This is episode two Reduce. of the Freshly Baked Crackers podcast. If you are tuning in to the second episode, fucking thanks. Yeah, thanks well, a million. Well done. You could be the new Foo Fighters album leaked. You could be listening to that right now, but you're listening to this. True. So thank you very much. Uh, the podcast is once again sponsored by nobody at all, except for <laughs> us, because we're doing this shit ourselves. So thanks to all our sponsors. Thanks, dude. Oh, yeah, we're doing great. Thank you. Yeah, right on. So um, uh, this week's episode, we just went to see Interstellar in 70 millimeter. And before we get any farther, I guess we should introduce our first ever guest we ran out of stuff to say just the two of us in the first episode, so we already had to resort to guests by the second episode. <laughs> but here, from the burgeoning metropolis that is Effingham, Illinois, my hometown, good friend, radio personality, Mr. Wayne Moran. Wayne, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. How are you guys? We're doing well. How are you, my good man? I'm I'm good. I'm sitting here listening to the Foo Fighters album in the background. Yeah. (laughs) Why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you be at this point? Yeah. You might as well. That's right. (laughs) I wish at this point, I really wish that either one of you, Ian has access to HBO Go. Do you have access to HBO? I I do, yes. Have you watched any of the Foo Fighters show on HBO? Um, I watched a few minutes of it. It's really good. A few minutes of it. That's awesome. That's really good. That's that's (laughs) definitely enough for us to talk to. Well, it's it's more than me, so I mean, he's really kind of one-upping. So I'm up to date on every episode except for last night's. I started watching it today. You guys should really watch it. We could talk about it. It's kind of a thing in music happening right now. I'm looking at you, Ian. (laughs) Yes, well. No, no. There's a lot of stuff out there nowadays. There's a lot of there's we're kind of in a media uh, a media bukkake. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Definitely in (laughs) in a renaissance of good stuff. There's a lot of for once in a long time. There's a lot of good television shows. There's a lot of good movies. There's a lot of good albums coming out right now stuff to listen to but if there's for, a if there's a bukkake involved here i'm leaving <laughs> just so you know we not on not you have you have until we hit to stop hitting record over here once we hit stop hitting record that's when the bukkake begins so at this uh, point you're safe the, uh, the after dark segment yes absolutely far enough down the road that it won't matter yes <laughs> um first off though first uh, impressions of interstellar ian what did you what did you think I, uh, by the way, before we get into this, I'm just going to say, uh, this podcast is, is definitely spoilers. Yeah. Oh, We're yes. not going to uh, hold back on talking about the film at all whatsoever. So if you haven't seen Interstellar, push pause, put this one on the back burner. Yeah. Go see Interstellar right now. If you're in someplace busy doing something like can't right now, I'm like the only person that's watching these children. Let those children die. Yeah. Because you have a movie to watch right now. Oh, I was going to say, important. why the fuck haven't you watched it yet? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's I mean, already Saturday at 10.30 yeah. at night. <laughs> That's right. The movie's been out. Technically, in St. Louis, it started showing Wednesday late at night. Right. Isn't that strange? Now they've started showing movies on Wednesday, Wednesday. nights. They this one was actually allowed to be shown two days earlier if the theater was equipped with millimeter film. With the 70 millimeter If it was nice. digital, Nolan held it until... Friday. Okay. That's what I read. Because I definitely so. saw some places that showed it on Wednesday here, <clears throat> for sure. But <clears throat> I've seen a few other things that have opened on Wednesdays recently. I think Guardians opened late Wednesday yeah. night. And it's no longer just yeah. midnight shows on Thursdays because they run 10 p.m. shows. Yeah, on we Thursday did the before, slightly so. earlier than midnight. Yeah, we, we went saw the 10 o'clock, I think, that, for Guardians, yeah, yeah. Uh, the premiere night. Um, Maybe Hollywood has finally realized that there's people out there that don't have kids right. and that, you know, they could take. 
they could they could they could go to the movie and watch a movie without children running around screaming like little monkeys. Yeah, right. Sure. Save that for the weekends. Sure. Let yeah. let the you know the sub adults go when they want to go. Yeah. Really happy to see no one showed up at Interstellar with kids. Yeah. No. Which I have no problem with kids, but there are some movies like this movie was over a child's head, and you're an asshole if you bring a five year old kid. Oh yeah. To Nearly this, like sit hours. down, sit down, Jimmy, and wait for the fucking <laughs> rocket ships, right. just like <laughs> and the robot guy. Like, I gotta tell you, we were in Effingham. Uh-huh. We watched uh, Fury. Okay. With Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf. Uh huh. Best Shia LaBeouf movie I've seen in forever sure <laughs> right. he was good in transformers in the first one okay. it's not his fault the movie sucked that's michael bay sure. fault yeah the movie sucked. yeah but uh, fury is an excellent movie very very violent very very graphic cool excellent uh what does a... that say about us that <laughs> we were just <laughs> both oh, so it's, it's, okay. it's okay yeah. well, it's okay know. you can watch a it, it, fucking four-year-old about five years from us five rows up seriously there's a dude gets his face blown off i mean the f-bomb is every other word <laughs> sure and yeah i just can't believe people do that yeah. It's a sad, sad, sad tale of our society. One of my favorite uh, shitty parenting at the movie theater stories was uh, a buddy of mine from back at work, which it would he'll will never. He probably doesn't understand the technology of podcasts, so we'll never listen. But uh, my buddy Steve from back at F and M Truck Sales, uh, he and I went and saw Spider Man Three. Maybe Spider Man Two. I think it was Spider Man Three. Spider Man Three. We went opening. We both got off early on a Friday. We went to the opening night of Spider-Man 3, and we get there, and yeah, it was the third one. And by the point, whenever, uh, like 20 minutes in the movie, Spider-Man's having a battle with the Green Goblin throughout the city, and a dude shows up with his son, and has the usher walking them around with a fucking uh, flashlight looking for seats (laughs) at what was at the time... The largest film opening in the history right. of cinema, probably. You know, like it was, like to like, and I and like he he's walking by, and I'm right on the edge, and he walks by me, and I was a shitty twenty some year old guy, you know, and I was, and I just without even trying to hush myself, just said, "That's a great thing to teach a kid to show up at the biggest film opening in history twenty minutes late, and then ask an usher to inconvenience the fuck out of everybody with his goddamn flashlight while you try to find a seat up front." Lovely. So that's my rant. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of Spider-Man Three, uh, uh-huh. Venom from Spider-Man Three was in Interstellar. He did. Topher oh, Grace yeah, shows true. up. A uh, very. Didn't know he was going to be in it. Didn't yeah. either. As well as, let's Doug. just let the cat out of the bag. Matt, Matt Damon. Matt Damon shows up out of nowhere. He became everybody's fucking enemy. Yeah. yeah. Everybody hates Matt oh, Damon now. Wonderful. I've never been the biggest fan of Matt Jimmy Damon. Kimmel's oh, been I trying agree. to warm us about him for years. Yeah. yeah, it is true. No wonder he wouldn't let the dickhead on his show. Yeah. He knew it. <laughs> he yeah. saw this coming all the time. That was a huge, huge... Uh, Thing, though that moment when they open up that cryo chamber and it's Matt, it's Matt to Damon. the point where like I think it was a the only one of the things that I would gripe about in the film because Matt Damon is such a huge part of our fucking culture in America that there's not a single person in that fo- fucking movie theater that didn't go oh shit that's Matt Damon oh, Matt at that Damon, point yeah. yeah like every single person was just like oh god I'm on this space journey and and who knows what's gonna happen and oh my god is this guy still alive that was on this planet <laughs> oh fuck that's Matt Damon. Matt Damon oh that's Goodwill Hunting <laughs> he's here he's just gonna he's, come out and be like how you like them apples and he's still upset space. about the apples yeah. he's, he's still, still not happy he's still he went to see about a girl in another <laughs> fucking universe. <laughs> 
So you had a, you, you mentioned gripes. I, I, got, I got a couple gripes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk out of turn because you asked him first what he thought about the movie. Oh, there is no rules. Ian first. No, yeah. No rules. Oh, go ahead. You... Oh, well, uh, I don't have any gripes, so I'm actually kind of interested to hear what you, uh, yeah. you have my, to my, say. My gripes in the movie, um, for Interstellar, um, okay, so, so he leaves his daughter. Yes. And I'm just thinking logically here, okay? You leave your kid. She's upset. She runs out the door afterwards. And... So you're crying in the vehicle, and then immediately the the the, the, the you know the the rocket launches. And I understand cinematics. You know there there's a we just have there's a little bit of, of mental give there. Okay. Last time I checked, there's a lot of training involved in going to space. So you're going to tell me he immediately went into space, and there was no time for her to go to the NASA place and visit her dad before he left. There, I mean, that that was, and I, I know that's a bit of a reach, but I'm thinking there, there was a couple of plot lines in it where the, the movie seemed to jump from one point to the next without any logical conclusion. I kind of liked that about it. I actually, in the moment, whenever I went to the ship taking off, was just like, I was relieved that they didn't bore us with a montage yeah. of figuring out Training how to be. After a because few they kind years, of were trying so. to kind of, you know, they kind of threw the whole fucking, you're the only man for the job and you're the only one with the training for right. this. Like I kind of felt like that, you know, NASA didn't have a training facility anymore. It was a bit rushed. That part of yeah. it was a bit rushed. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, the movie to me it was a ten out of ten. Loved yeah. it yeah. I all it the way through. As well. And that's nitpicking. My my, it's a bit nitpicking. Well, what, what, what glared for me, and I and it, it gets resolved in the film. But like I told you guys when we walked out of there, it was in the beginning. I was I kept thinking to myself, I was like, this book's falling off the shelf is a real fucking flimsy way to get them yeah. to this NASA thing. Like yeah. the whole time I was like, I don't know. Like <laughs> if this makes, come on, Christopher Nolan, you wrote goddamn Inception. Right. What do you mean? And then at the end, it all it makes fucking. Together, yeah. Like, this is fucking genius. When he's like, "What's the fucking coordinates for NASA?" Like, <laughs> right. he's Get like, that to me now. Yeah, figuring this sh- like it all starts working. Like, clicks into um, place. And I like that even in the even in the moment, like he's still trying to. Even though he was he she had told him to stay and that the thing had said stay, you know, he was still like trying to trying influence. to say stay. Yeah. You know, like he D- still wanted listen to, to the message, even though he knew it was yeah. him. Yeah, but it was it was very cool. The whole lot. The, everything about it, it's almost like uh, it's almost like we we recorded this too soon because you almost have to sit and fucking think about sort of this talk, for a yeah. long time. You know, like what all happened in this film. The film, uh, it, but let's just break it down to little things, I guess. The fucking robots. Oh, they were oh, amazing. great. Oh, they were great. so cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were. And obviously, Christopher Nolan is a Minecraft fan. Oh, oh yeah, totally yeah. Looks of that. it had the I mean, looks yeah. of Minecraft, the whole the blocking uh, paranoid of Android it. stuff to it, the yeah. si- sort of the humor side, you know, yeah. with the sarcasm and the the that was really fun. Uh, like you said, the R two D two moment in, in the ship at the end when he sort of sits up and uh, and he's behind, yeah, he's, he's sort of just like an homage to all of sure, the robot partners sure. in sci fi. It, it was fun. Driving back here, effect. we tried not to talk about. We tried to save it all for this podcast, but one thing we uh, Ian and I both talked about was all the definite, uh, the the big similarities both with the plot of the film and the look and overall aesthetic of it of two thousand and one. Yeah, and that is Chris, that one was. of Christopher Nolan's favorite movies. Sure, yeah, it's one of his top ten favorite tell. movies. And yeah, he definitely, I think, should be proud of himself as a fan of that film because he really did a good service oh, to yeah. it with this film. It's very much a love note, and it, it absolutely it does it justice. The things that it, it it's definitely uses. a continuation of what uh, what was kind of started 
And and thankfully, it wasn't as slow as 2001. Because there's a lot of parts sure, of 2001. Yeah. It's a great movie. It just plods along. Like oh, it's a roll in three hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. It's, it's, there were some points where it was just like, oh, my God, get to it already. Sure. But And this didn't really have a lot of those points. No, no, it, did, no. it didn't feel slow for being something that, like you say, but pushing three hours. I mean, yeah. I it's a long flick, but I feel like other than being tired in your chair, you don't ever feel uh, that want for something to move on. It, it the tense, uh, the pace was really good. You know, it was nice. You were probably tired because you had barbecue and then you ate cheese sticks. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck does somebody your size eat that? Uh, Ian has a, he has. We a came back with popcorn. You and I would dream high. Yeah, we I'm came back hunter. with popcorn. and His girlfriend's got cheese sticks. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And I had a hot dog. Yeah. And you had oh fuck yeah, a hot dog. I've probably in this past year been to 15 movies with Ian, 12 movies with Ian, and probably if he if we've been to 12 movies together, he's gotten cheese sticks at eight of them. <laughs> I love cheese sticks. He gets a cheese, a cheese stick getting <laughs> at the theater kind of guy. And Guys like you with metabolism like you are the reason why I'd, I've, I've thought about killing people. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Uh, no I, I went sure with my classics at the theater today. I just wanted to have, like, when I got there, I, like, wanted to have, because, like, I love the theater. I love the, I love movie theaters. Right. Like, I, I, I think that is something that you can't replicate at home, no matter how cool and stuff your your setup oh, is. Yeah. Like you, there's nothing. You don't have a concession stand. You don't have the this the feeling of going to the movies. And yep. there's something magical about being taken away from Definitely. things in a movie theater. So I went with the shit that I got as a kid. I got a popcorn. I got a fucking Twizzlers, <laughs> and I got a goddamn icy, and it was <laughs> magic. Perfect. It was. Just, I just yeah. wanted to like. I wanted to just go into this as. Like set myself up as best as I can to have a great time. Like get the all star team Give of snacks the, yeah, on board. They're coming experience. in. Uh, there was some dude in front of me in line that said uh, he asked the guy. He said at, at the counter, he said, "Do you do you have any any raisinets that aren't chocolate covered?" I'm like. Dude, you mean fucking raisins? <laughs> They're right? Raisins. They're just fucking raisins. Do you have <laughs> any raisins? What planet is that? What solar system from the Nolan versus that guy from where they make raisins? They don't they sell them as raisinettes? They yeah, have, yeah, they have chocolateless raisins? What do you mean? Raisinets, yeah. Are there caramel raisinettes? Uh, they ha- they have raisinless raisinettes yeah. as well. Someone balls. Google raisinettes. Are there a bunch of raisinettes? <laughs> I have flavors? no idea. Like Kit Kats in Japan. Are there, we've got... Someone might be listening to this right now and be like, and fucking losers don't know shit about raisinettes. <laughs> there's strawberry. There's strawberry cheesecake. There's uh, The kid handled it well. He, he said, no, I'm sorry. We only have the ones with chocolate covered. Anyway, uh, and I will say, your, uh, your, your, your wife is kind of heartless. Josh, yeah. uh, during the movie, I, I understand that you uh, that you might have taken the, a handicapped seat. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. at the theater. Let but me then, just, let me and then, this then on there's you. also the other part of it. Your wife didn't cry during the movie. I no. cried oh, wow. several times. Yeah. Ian's girlfriend was a fountain during <laughs> the movie. Was, didn't cry uh, once. Neither did I. Didn't she. So, so you you denied a handicapped spot uh. and you didn't cry. Wait, I'm a fucking Fuck. monster. You heartless <laughs> son of a bitch. You have to understand, it's almost exhausting for me to be around you, Wayne, because I'm constantly <laughs> trying to put my best foot forward and not be the absolute scum shit that I really am. Uh, um, uh, no, yeah. what happened was we walk into a theater, and here, here's where I'm at with the, with the, uh, the so-called handicapped seats. Like, okay, so you know you're in a big theater for people who are listening, and you have like, well. 
I mean, I think we can all pretty well talk about how most major, most major theaters, not the days of the 90s where all these different boutique theaters were all around. Most people go to giant mega multiplexes and they're all set up very much the same where there's a front area full of seats that no one in their fucking right mind wants to sit in (laughs) unless they have to because we're at a giant movie opening and there's tons of people there. And then there's a walkway where you walk through it and then there's the back area where all the seats. And in the walkway area, there are seats that have giant leg room and have spaces in between them where if someone in a wheelchair is there, they can pull their up their, up there and sit right. next to their non-handicapable friends, you know, who are in regular seats. And that's all well and good. But if there aren't any people there in wheelchairs, I'm not going to just leave those things open. That's called being a goddamn sucker. Yeah, right. You're a sucker. <laughs> and you know what? My wife and I are very nice people. And we sat down and he, that guy said that to her. And she was just, she kind of felt shitty about it, you know. She was like, yeah, he's like, you know, those are... Those are handicapped seats, you know, and and I was just like, fuck him. He doesn't know. <laughs> if, if a handicapped person comes in here, we'll move. We're not right. going to be like, just don't look at him. Don't make eye contact. Let them roll by. No, we'll get up. Well, and it didn't help that but he if, told you that from across the handicapped gap between your seat and his handicapped well, seat Well, he was well. also sitting in a handicap, the handicapped area <laughs> now, as well, so now, fuck now, him and he can suck every dick on earth. I'll say this, too. There there apparently was no handicapped people that came in, so no, it's not like no. you denied someone No, right. and we would have gladly moved we would have moved if someone like that needed the seats would have walked in there then we would have got up and left and they could have sat in those seats we would have been more than happy to do that but if not i'm not going to leave the two middle seats right there in a great place to see interstellar that was a perfect spot you got the right place yeah i walked in there and saw him and i was just like right there and we went and sat down and fuck anybody who's got a problem with it (laughs) and by the word handicapable is actually a word i was really surprised yeah Yeah, it actually is a word uh, yeah, he did. He correct as immediately. Hell, like, I love how he walks in the theater and immediately ditches us. Yeah, yeah we're slid <laughs> off to the side to the front. Like, Boom! Well, seats here, good. Um, as far as I know, we're all fucking grown men sitting here, and you walk into a theater that is jam packed with people, <laughs> yeah. and it's every man for himself. <laughs> it's a free. This is true. Yes. So. Laws of the goddamn jungle, fellas. It was just, it was time to go. Didn't have to worry about standing room. I saw those seats. And see, I don't think, I didn't think of them as being handicapped seats either. So I walk into the theater and see the whole back section full, except for popcorn little open seats (laughs) here or there. And the front section open. And these two seats in the middle that are in the handicap. And I don't think handicap. I think, oh, shit, get past all these people because someone else is going to sit in these <laughs> right. seats. Not, these seats now. Let's sit in these seats so people can walk by us and go, look at that fucking monster. <laughs> you wanted to be mocked. You, you like it. Oh, well. There, anyway. were some people, there were some people down in the very front row, dead center. They were a little bit older. They were sitting down there. And I about lost my lunch at a couple times <laughs> when, the, when the space stuff was happening. It was right. really, really fantastic. I about lost my lunch, and I'm thinking these people at the very front of the screen at an IMAX cool. theater looking up at that. Fuck, that had to be awesome. Yeah. Right. Jalen uh, Jalen had to look away a few times. My wife did. I guess yeah. I, be, I feel like I should be like Jay, Joe Rogan and not mention my wife's name or anything right. on the podcast, but I'm sure that she'll come on here and say some shit at some point. <laughs> um, and but, the score uh, was excellent, too. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Who was that? Was that Zimmerman? Zimmer? Yeah. 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 He, or, uh, yeah. Hans he, Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, yeah. yeah. He uh, did that. <laughs> he uh, did anyone else notice yeah. the fucking ceiling vents rattling in the beginning, in the oh, beginning, yeah. and yeah. toward the end? Yeah. That was I didn't. Really I, I, was, I was. I didn't get it back. Luckily, at the end, because I was just like, I have a real 
paranoid kind of brain with stuff like that where like as soon as I start happening in the beginning, I'm like, this is all ruined. This is going to take me. I'm going to go ask for my money back. Like, right. I have like I have like a 40-second meltdown in my head, and then it went away. I was like, okay, never mind. I'm good. What's the story? Who's this guy? But yeah, that but that yeah, I mean, that they had that movie so cranked when it first oh, started yeah. up. It, oh, God. I want to go watch it again right now. Yeah. Is there a way to just... All of it was very amazing. All of it, yeah. the way the planets were set up, like... Uh, it, it took me into a lot of places that I'm very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm very, very uncomfortable with the with space. Yeah. Like I am. I'm afraid of the idea of space. It scares me. The never-ending never blackness of it just, you know, like we are just so unequipped. We can't live there. And, and our tiny planet is in this giant vastness. We're just this tiny. Like I'll just go down a rabbit hole and go insanely crazy. And then the whole thing is they're passing by Saturn and by the black hole and all this stuff like that. Like I am just wow. We get to like, see those wide shots of the uh, space station yeah. being tiny. But even like that first planet they get to, like just the vastness of that ocean and then it's like even though it's just and like the shallow, they, yeah. Ugh, and like the un because the ocean is very much the same. Like anything could be lurking under the surface oh, of yeah. that water, you know. And like I could just feel in the bottom <laughs> of my feet through the whole movie, just like. They admit you're uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, you're definitely, you feel a tension and a discomfort from watching it the film. It very much like. puts you in an alien place. You know, you, you're not in anywhere humans are, well, capable or prepared to be. Yeah. It, it, it very much is. You go on the journey that they're going on. I felt uh, a lot of that empathy with them, you know. Yeah, they're, they're definitely borrowed from a couple of Star Trek episodes, not to go way fucking nerd on you. No, 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 no you are. But the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the part, the part where they, and, and it's, it's always been a theory, I know, but the part where they, they went down to the planet, uh, the first planet they went down to that had the, the ability, you know, that where they, where they were in a different, basically the, the time was different. Yes. yes. Time was yeah. in a different anomaly there. Uh, that's very much something that, that a lot of Star Trek fans know about. Okay. Cause there's a, there is an episode of, uh, Voyager and one of these space nine where they go down and they, when they're on the planet time and, and you know, a, what we're perceived as time right. continues on in a very much very, in, in a different light. Yeah. Right. And so that was pretty cool. That, See, to me, a hark like yeah. when I got to that point, that all made me think like, Oh, he got super fucking high during Inception at one point. Was like, <laughs> we could do this dream thing right. in space time. Yeah. Like that, it reminded me of the Inception thing, but on a different level, on a more mass level. But the whole idea of that was just fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. The way, like, the well, and coming back onto the that. ship, the man bald and gray now, you know, 23 years have passed to him, and it was just moments for us and for the yeah. McConaughey and them. It was a very. Uh, mind blowing, and that's so the cool. the name of the episode is Blink of an Eye. It's a Voyager episode called Jesus, Blink of an Eye. He knows the name uh, I do. of the episode. Oh fuck yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I like, although I don't like, I don't care much for the subject matter. The fandom of it, I can't help but respect. Third, third season. I don't wow, know which episode, yeah. but third season. Uh, so there's a planet that's uh, that's basically um, when they when they go down to the planet, stuff that happens up in space on the ship. Uh, you know, thirty minutes passes, and like five or six years has passed on the planet. So they got to figure out a way, and they can't break orbit. So they got to figure out a way to communicate with this race that eventually looks to them as gods because they're stuck up in this orbit for so sure. long. Oh, right. So yeah, that's it, it. It was pretty cool. I like uh, that part of the of Interstellar where they talked about that. That that's very cool. And both the like the topography of both of the planets is something we've never seen before. And, and frozen clouds. Not, the idea of the frozen like super interesting. they didn't go to old. Fuck! Trails. It was hot. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Except for the idea those in frozen clouds yeah. made it to where there was a ceiling on the planet. I would have liked to have space. seen whatever. I mean, it was probably just more frozen. Nothing. Sure, right? it was just a barren wasteland. But like, they didn't go to old tropes of of alien planets like we've seen a bunch of weird times. colored trees. And weird, shit. weird colored trees. Whether it's the prequels or fucking Avatar. Right. We've seen this enough times where everything looks like jelly. Lizards with extra arms. You know, sure. It's like we've seen these kinds of something with tons of eyes that goes and they all blink all in like <laughs> right. succession i don't want to and no. none of that nothing was stupid there were no aliens no which we kind saw, of makes we it saw more no creatures up, i think it has yeah. more of that uh completely lost just us looking for some other there's nothing Fuck. no We've other race other there's like, oh, solar systems and looked on the only places we can find uh, still and nothing else nothing down here. still nothing else yeah. yeah and so there there was a planet with it's all water yes it's and has somehow they're able to stand yeah, well, I shallow. think that it was just, I think that that giant wave of water just rolled around the planet. To the point that everywhere deep. else was just sh like light, like shallowed. I don't know. So Christopher yeah. Nolan obviously likes Star Trek because there's another episode of Star Trek in Voyager where there's a planet that's only fucking water. Okay. Seriously. It's just a big ball of yeah. water in space. Okay. So I think that's been well, done Star a few Trek's times, always but the whole idea from that... real science stuff as well. I mean, they've always sure. used... Uh, but the whole idea, like the way that they concepts. walked, or walked on a thing was what we hadn't seen. Like, there's no, there's never a moment where they fall into the water. Yeah, no, there's never a moment yep. where there's swimming. There's right. no creatures under the water. Nothing happens. Like you say with the consistent waves, tall enough to be mountains. There's you know? water. Water is yeah. about all you need. It you can get life going if you find water somewhere, and it's all water, and there's nothing. So the black hole probably is what was causing the the waves, the, all that sure. gravity effect, and yeah, stuff. just pulling that all like. The idea that like all the world's water is in that wave and everything left, yeah, that's not getting pulled up is just that shallow thing <laughs> covering the. I mean, the crust, yeah, yeah. It's, it was. McConaughey got to surf in this too. He surf did. In the ship. He did get to cool. do a little surfing. <laughs> they should have done a total shitty, cheesy moment where you're just like, "All right, man, let's let's totally fucking gnar, let's get Narnar on this wave," and it comes in. Oh. But then there's the whole conspiracy of the movie. Yeah, oh, the, this is a giant conspiracy from the moment it starts to the to almost the second it ends. Yeah, a giant, uh, well, if you want to say government conspiracy, the whole. I mean, it, uh, Alfred is definitely in a different light now. Yeah, yeah. from Dark Knight. Yeah, Rises. yeah. no intentions oh, on ever. But I love how it is possible. Yeah, and because of them going, they figure it's just so mind bending the way the way it's circular. It just like. It's spherical, just like the wormhole. <laughs> the wormhole, yeah. Which is something we both really Not enjoyed. Not the, uh, the How they, like, it's very obvious how Chris Nolan worked with a lot of theoretical physicists on this film. And it's very obvious that there was one of them who was just like, you're representing the wormhole as a sphere. And we're tired of seeing it as holes in space. Space is in two dimensions. You're doing it correctly in this one. And someone's going to explain it on that ship why it's this way <laughs> with a piece of paper so it fucking makes sense. <laughs> And it worked. It was too. great. Yeah. yeah. What's a three-dimensional circle, bro? Like that was. Yeah, yeah. It was a good moment. I liked that a lot. It was so. It was just very, very well written. Yeah. Very, very. Everything was very cool. Aesthetically, it was very oh, well. Yeah. It was well acted. It was well written, and and it was just so amazingly realized. Yeah. The whole idea of it. And I've seen some reviews online, uh, and I I tried not to read anything before we watched it, but I saw some reviews online that weren't very kind to the movie. Okay. Uh, and, and I fucking hate reviewers online. Sure. I, say, I fucking hate reviewers. <laughs> yeah. I don't like I don't like reviewers at all because they're 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 looking at how they perceive the movie, and that's not how any. I mean, 
you know, you might not like Big Hero 6 next week, but right. my kid's going to love it. Right. So if you're a reviewer and you write some shitty review and I see that as a parent and I don't take my kid to it, I'm like, well, this guy here said it fucking sucked. <laughs> right. So I don't take my kid to it because it's, I mean, that's, that's just ridiculous. Oh, I understand. Yeah, I'm, I work in radio. I know. I know what banging on a table does. Sure, sure. I do it all the time in this yeah, station. That, that's like if if I would have written a review, if like everyone in America read my review of Frozen, it never would have made any money. No one would have right. brought their kids. I hated like, Frozen. This movie's a piece of crap. It's it doesn't because it, it doesn't. Let me tell you something, America. Frozen's not as good as old Disney movies. I don't care how much money it made at the box office. Those songs aren't as good. You can sing that Let It Go song until your fucking dick falls off, but it's not as good as Be Our Guest. And no one has ever talked, no one has ever said the word, said the phrase till your dick falls off in, a, in the same sentence where they're, sta- they're standing up for Beauty and the Beast songs over Frozen songs. <laughs> right. Mark it, dude. But Frozen had Olaf. And if you've ever watched Frozen, yeah. Olaf's a great character. Great character. Really, really good character. Yeah, wasted in a. St- I don't know, just. I just there was so much hype for that movie and I didn't, I don't have kids and I don't care much about my own Jalen, my wife said her name twice. I guess I just go ahead and say it. She didn't really care much too about it, but she wound up, she's in, she's a part of big brother, big sister. And she took her little sister to it. She was like, it's pretty good. She's like, I don't understand it. And just like, you just, you just turn on the news, turn on something, you know, someone else frozen has eclipsed every movie ever made as the biggest grossing Disney film of all time. Frozen has sold more backpacks than Jan sport. You know, like they just, it just keeps getting bigger. I was just like, what the hell? And she's, you know, my wife's just like, I don't know. I didn't think it was that good. And finally I rented it and I watched it and I was just like, what? Put the lion King on or something. Right. Put the Little Mermaid on. I'm a guy. I'd rather watch. And I, if I had to watch a girly animated movie, give me Ariel. There are people out on. Fa- I've seen it on Facebook in Effingham. There are people that are dressing up as Elsa from Frozen uh-huh. and offering their services at parties. Sure. Yeah, there's a real thing. I mean, Elsa costumes are everywhere. The demand yeah, at yeah. this point, that's the demand bad. for Elsa at events is way greater than the supplies that is available. So anybody <laughs> out there. If you're if you're like 17 years old, starting to get out of high school, not sure what to do with your life right now, <laughs> there's a big need for Elsa's out there. So if you want to maybe if you're a girl, maybe dye your hair blonde. If right. yeah, or if you're, if you're blonde and you you look like an hourglass, a perfect sure. hourglass, uh, then yeah, go for it. Oh, go with anything. There's doing, uh, there's a, a group of people a somewhere that want chubby Elsa for their party. Because it, because it's because it, it, yeah. yeah, it's because sure. it really is great. I mean, it, you you dress up as Elsa, and you go to these little girls, and they're oh my god, it's Elsa. I love you, Elsa. I love the fact that in the movie your character fucked your sister over and left her fucking in the house and left even, her there. I for, don't even. Can't oh, that's I what happens. Sleep. Yeah, I fell yeah. Asleep during it. yeah. The the girl the girl leaves her sister who wants to spend time with her to herself and ignores her her whole life. <laughs> yeah, so that's great. Dress up like Elsa. <laughs> Fuck the little sister. That's I, a good moral point, yeah. I think. Uh, fuck, I'm going to derail but in the, the conversation. End, we went from interstellar to frozen. Yeah. We really, really need to... This uh, is spiraling out of control very yeah. quickly. So, uh, so we'll go around the table. Out of, out of five stars, interstellar. Uh, I give it five. Five. I, I do. I give it a solid five. I think that it was uh, beautiful. It well acted. Uh, I think that the performances were fantastic. Great soundtrack. It's just... You will be wasting time by not seeing this movie the ginger gives it five stars i do it's five orange stars five very orange stars no i do feel like uh that you are uh, giving like you're 
even if it's a movie that you're going to watch down the road, you're do, you're doing yourself a disservice not watching it in theaters. It's definitely um, a, a film. That five needs stars, to be seen right, like that. Wayne? Five stars plus on my side. You go. You're going to go over the five. Yeah, stars. Yeah, I go gonna, five stars plus. Yeah, five stars with the fifth one dripping coolness out of it. It's so full. <laughs> the, the people that don't like this movie and people that don't understand this movie are people that just don't like science fiction. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they're they're yeah. going to go back home and watch Two and a Half Men. Yeah, right. that's fine. There, yeah. there are those they're, people, and that's market. fine. Yeah, there's you know, those it, people. It's, it's going to, I mean, last time I looked, it had like an 86 on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. I think, some in the 80s. And it's going to sit there because it is a smart movie. Mm. And there are dumb people. And even and that's why something like Guardians of the Galaxy is going to sit at 96, because a smart person can go into Guardians of the Galaxy and have a fucking blast and enjoy it. But a simple, per, you know, person that's not going to understand the fucking black hole nature of interstellar and stuff can go right. in and have a fucking yeah. good time and enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy. Because that's, that's why it's such a fantastic yeah. film is because anyone can enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy. That's why when those, you know, stuff like a, a Metascore and a Rotten Tomatoes thing is, to me is really misleading sometimes and you're better off. Finding a critic that you are in line with and seeing what they thought of it yeah, first with definitely. stuff, you know, like like uh, Capone from Ain't It Cool News. I usually if, like the same stuff he does. So if he says something's pretty shitty, I probably don't need to go see it in theaters, you know, right. like as opposed to looking at something like this and being like, oh, Interstellar's only got an 86%. Well, of course it is. 14% of the people in this country aren't going to fucking like that movie right. at all. Yeah. They're not going to get gonna it. They're going to be pissed just simply because McConaughey's in it. It's, they're going to be, yeah, they're going to get tricked into going to see it. That like, oh, that Anne Hathaway right, yeah. is in it. And that Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> I went and saw it. It's, it's liberal bullshit talking about how the plant, we're tearing the planet up. It's all another one of them motherfucking movies about how the goddamn environment's falling apart. And we gotta go save it. And he goes to fucking space. And Matt Damon's out there. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, and, by, and by the way, I know you're a chef, and so are you, Ian. But uh, how how terrible is it? I, I don't give a fuck that or, the okra was. Good. It was like the last season. Oh, Ian's, I, Ian's I from the moments. south. Yeah, Ian's from, Ian's from the Carolinas. No more fried so, uh, okra. Oh, okay, I don't care. Yeah. I'm with I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Make it. Yeah, they could have uh, lost the okra. I'm like, why? Why didn't we do something to get the okra to die first? Why didn't we try to save green beans for longer or something? <laughs> yeah. How come broccoli's already dead, but we've we've managed to save okra for this goddamn long? Um, and, and speaking of Anne Hathaway, by the way, uh, a really interesting part of the movie for me was the fact that she ended up being right. Yeah. 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 She ended up being right about which planet. Uh, it just very very yeah, awesome. Just listen very awesome. Well, I think that there's an overlap. Followed love, there's an right? Overlap. Yeah, exactly. There's an overlapping thing that gravity and love are kind of the same thing. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. something I yeah. got from it. That that gravity is the physical manifestation manifestation of love in a way, or feelings yeah. or emotion in a certain way. This that is why balls hang. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why we stay <laughs> stay stuck to the earth because we want to. Right. Because yeah. we all collectively as species want this, this fucker grass. to keep spinning, yeah, so exactly. we don't fly off into space. So we all so it doesn't. Well, gotta love your mother, right? So, and I'm gonna give it five stars as well from uh, for my review. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought um, any. I mean, I don't really have any gripes. Any gripes would be so minuscule for the movie. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I th I think that we've done a disservice not talking about how good Michael Caine was in his oh, role. Oh, he was amazing. But we could we could sit here and talk about the movie as long as the movie is. You know, I mean, it's yeah. it's something that can be worked over a lot. But definitely from from both the crackers and our guest, we would all recommend five stars from all of us and recommend definitely going out and seeing it. 
And seeing it in IMAX. In IMAX, yeah. yeah. IMAX. Oh, God, the depth was wonderful. Yeah. There, there are different, definitely, and if you don't have an IMAX near you, try to find the 35 millimeter film. Definitely try to see it on film. Yeah. The way that Nolan uh, wanted everyone to see it. Nolan wants this projected on film instead of digital. And there are two ways to see it the IMAX 70 millimeter and the regular 35 millimeter. So if you are anywhere near an IMAX, definitely try to go see it in 35 millimeter just so you can get the same look and feel of it. Now, do you know, was this was AMC's in Chesterfield? Was it, was it film? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, was that's it digital? The only, that's yeah. the only IMAX version is the 70 millimeter. There's okay. not a regular right. IMAX, yeah. And it was. Whenever I bought the tickets, it was even billed as Interstellar and IMAX 70 millimeter. Very cool. Very I was cool. impressed with the close shots. That was the thing I was curious about. A lot of IMAX stuff I've seen has been like the Everest videos and those sure. sorts of things. It's uh, lots of big expanses. But even like the close-up shots and things were very detailed i yeah. guess it, well they it, developed it a, new a cameras nice depth for, for everything yeah you know like we talked about last time on the podcast you know nolan's one of those people that when he gets a wild hair up his ass someone someone has to go into a, a lab and create a new camera right like it's not yeah. like a, it's not like well let's get a funding and we'll build some stages and blah blah, blah. no he's like <laughs> no we need to like we said we need to fucking build Could've space we need yeah, you to figure exactly. out how we're gonna do that you know Let's create a wormhole for real. Yeah. So jumping into our next topic real quick, we we are kind of late to the party to talk about it um, since we do this every two weeks. But uh, the new Marvel schedule oh, yes. is uh, has been released. The Marvel schedule all the way up into like 2020. A lot of amazing stuff on there. Um, you know, we we knew about Age we of saw Ultron. the preview for Age of Ultron yep. tonight. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was just as thrilling as getting to watch the movie was uh, getting to see that in the big screen. Finally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we knew some things about the the Marvel lineup. That we knew obviously that Age of Ultron was coming. We knew there would be a third Avengers movie of some sort. We right. knew that Ant Man was coming. We knew we were going to get a third Thor and a third uh, Cap. And Doctor and we, Strange. And we knew we were going to get a second. Guardians, and we yeah we knew about Doctor Strange. The other stuff is all was all pretty uh, talked about. I mean, Black Panther we uh, had been talked about quite a bit. Uh, the Inhumans, Inhumans had been talked yeah. about, but what hadn't been talked about at all really was Captain Marvel. And that it's like almost done. It's very very far as far as shooting. It's very far into it, I guess. Yeah, yeah and they uh, a lot of a lot of effects are going. They're going to be a lot of work on the effects. First in that. Uh, first female lead. Yeah, uh, for her own Marvel movie, which is very cool. Very cool, yeah. Very, and I, I, I like that. Uh, it's a bigger and more expanse, uh, bigger and more expansion on the cosmic side of the Marvel Cinematic right. Universe, as we talked about. Which before, really, Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy are the only cosmic side of it, and now we're going to get to see more of space and more of what's going on in the universe. Not but with just the on link Earth. to Earth as well, too. Yeah. She's she's still connected very much to the yeah. home planet. So, so I don't we'll, give a fuck. Really? Yeah. Honestly, I don't want to, I don't want the miss. I don't care about it. Really? I, that's one of those ones I saw. I'm like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> oh, it, it could. I just, you know, and, and I, Gamora was good in Guardians of the Galaxy, but to me, she was a throwaway character. That's his. Oh, take I, I, I definitely. I, mean, I, I, yeah. I, 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 it's oftentimes they, they, they stick these. It's, it's almost like they, 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 they do it just to be PC. Okay, we've made Guardians of the, we've, we've made the Avengers. And, you know, uh, um, Scarlett Johansson was really good in The Avengers. She's got a great character in A Black Widow. We need more women. We need to pull more women in here. And, and so th- it's, it's almost like they do this just to not be sexist pigs, but it's almost like an overflow of it. Because now there's yeah. going to be a, 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 the, you get the, the Captain Marvel 
Mm-hmm. There's going to be another. What is the other one? It's, it's the all female cast. There's another. There's another Marvel movie coming out that's going to be all female cast. I saw. That I don't know anything yeah. about. That yeah, I've not the, heard the, anything about. Uh, yeah. Female led superheroes or something, and maybe it's on the DC side of things. I, I just, uh, and if it draws more women to theaters, great. And I'm sure I come off like a sexist pig with this. Well, I think that you fine. take for granted how many female comic fans are out there screaming for this stuff, though, too. Yeah. I, and I probably do. You know, I, when I Star do. Clipper has, uh, you know, Female Comics University, and they have, they're selling out classes yeah. about women in comics and stuff like that every year and stuff like that. I think there's, I think you'd be surprised how many women, when you go to cons and stuff and see how many women are running around there dressed up and stuff like that, how many people are really. And I thought, I think Gamora is an amazing oh, character and she's, she's great. important to the Infinity well, Saga as well. I like Black Thanos. Widow as well. I think it would have been very nice to see her have her own film. I mean, we get to see a lot more of her in, in uh, Cap 2. Uh, and I do think that that's really cool. But the, why bring a new female lead when we could develop one that we've already got? I mean, I sure. guess, like you say, to bring in more. Uh, and that was a Spider-Man uh, all-female team, it seems to be. Sony rumored planning. I don't know if it's really going on still, but a, a Spider-Man. Spider-Man oh, yeah, that yeah. was that was a big thing where they were going to. So, Sony's making all sorts of terrible decisions with the yeah. Spider-Man universe. Yeah, yeah. it's just awful. They're, they're, awful, they're, awful, str- awful. They're, instead of just building a really great franchise with Spider-Man, they're trying to make the Marvel Universe on their side. They're yeah. trying to make a Spider-Man universe, and it's too much. Well, that's kind of what everybody's doing. Uh, Fox is doing the same thing with the X-Men stuff and DC with all of their stuff. I mean, it's just... The Spider-Man movie, the last one, was awful with Jamie yeah. Foxx. It Terrible. was just awful, yeah. awful, awful, I awful theater. horrible movie. Shame. Yeah, we that's saw how, it too. That's how dumb I'm at because I liked the first one. I really enjoyed, and I love Garfield Andrew Garfield as, as Peter Parker. Peter he Parker. was great. So he was good. great. Spider-Man. Yeah, he, he did a great job. He's the job. best Peter Parker we've seen. Oh, in yeah. my opinion. That's like blaming Shia LaBeouf for Transformers. Everybody, right, Shia right, LaBeouf sure. for Transformers. No, he didn't. He was great in Transformers. <laughs> it, it was Michael Bay that fucked up Transformers. Yeah. yeah. Now the thing is with like uh, the Captain Marvel, and if you, when you look at the the timeline and the when it is placed in the Marvel schedule, it is in between the two Avengers Affinity films. Yeah, which is, is it makes sense why Captain Marvel and why Inhumans are getting. And also, there's going to be a point where these people don't want to make Marvel movies for the rest of their lives either. Right. You know, you can't like. Uh, Chris Hemsworth ain't going to be Thor forever. Right. He can't. He, he don't want to. These people, as much as we would like these guys just to do this and like be studio players, like back in the day, and the, you know, the, like he works for Columbia Pictures. <laughs> he makes Columbia Pictures. Right. You know, that's what he does. He's Errol no. Flynn. He's in the newest Columbia picture. Like, that's not how it works now. These people right. work for all, and like, whenever you have the weight of a, of a, of a Robert Downey Jr. or now even like Hemsworth yeah. or, um, you know, like you don't want you can you can throw that weight around and be in a lot of shit. You know, like yeah. Robert Downey Jr. can be in films with Galifianakis or, you know, right. whoever. Like he he can work with, and I, he doesn't want to just like these movies take a long time. Yeah, oh yeah. We take for granted that you they film this movie and then the big thing happens that takes the most time. They have to go do press for it. Oh, they yeah. have to go all over the fucking planet and watch this movie with a crowd for the first time a hundred times all over the place and do radio everywhere. Right. And it takes years of their time and they can't, they don't, they can't go. That's why they, a lot of people, when they do these giant movies like that, the other stuff they do are tiny little movies that they go yeah. work on for two weeks and then they can go back to you get bored doing the same work yeah, all the and time. They, you know? So I can understand like they, at some point between 2014 and 2020, these guys are checking out. Yeah. You're going to see yeah. them show up and do a little stuff maybe here or there, but 
they're not going to want. They're not going to want to do this forever. It's just entirely too much. And they're time not going to be able to, to just one character. Yeah, I mean, by 2020, Robert Downey Jr. is going to be looking at 60 years old. Right. Not gonna, it's not Tony Stark anymore. Yeah. Like it used to be. You know. I mean, and Chris the, Evans is the first one who said basically hasn't said, but he's yeah. only signed up for two more movies. Yeah. Right. I mean, so at some point they're going to have to figure yeah. out what they're going to do with Captain America. Sure. To me, put it on the black. Put it on Falcon. Yeah, yeah. Or I, I wouldn't mind Bucky picking I think Bucky up the would shell. Be cool. but, but, yeah, but they did do the move with uh, Falcon in the comics recently, sure. so they might be alluding sure. to something they're planning on doing. Yeah, and absolutely. Falcon was fucking. Amazing. Oh, I think Anthony Mackie is he Anthony is, so great. is great. I what after watching, I've seen Cap probably six or seven times <laughs> right. now after buying it, and the oh, like it. Also, I want to make a correction for last uh, podcast where I said the dumbest shit in the world, where I referred to The Winter Soldier as a Nick Nolte espionage <laughs> film when I met Robert Redford, and I've been <laughs> confusing those two guys my entire life. So, uh, you know, and like we talk, when we talk about how it's not really a superhero movie, it's Yo, a, it's a spy film, film, an espionage yeah. movie that just happens to have Captain America in it. And that opening scene on your left, on your left, yeah, is such an awesome <laughs> scene wonderful. with him and Anthony Mackie setting up like just this mutual respect. You know, he obviously he's a military man. He obviously respects Captain America. He's the ultimate soldier and stuff. Right. But, but the fact that he's out there doing this and training and stuff like that, <laughs> and like and like, it's very obvious that Cap very early on respects this guy too, right? And knows that he's choosing to do his running out here in front of this, you know, in front of the. Washington Memorial and stuff like that, <laughs> right. you know, like, like he sees something in the guy at the very beginning, and it's just a very cool scene. I know that uh, we weren't talking about that, but I did, I love that yeah, scene, that the on your left thing. scene, yeah. And then as Black Widow comes and picks him up, you know, and he's kind of pulls the curtain back a little bit for Anthony Mackie of what this fucking world that he runs around right. is like, you know, and it's definitely a cool bonding moment, a nice opening to what their relationship ends up being. And you know. Anthony Mackie is a good enough actor where I think that he could carry something. Yeah. You know, I think so. And I think after Guardians, I think that we as uh, movie-going people are we're down with whatever Marvel does. Oh, yeah. I don't think that we're – I think we trust them pretty damn oh, yeah. well. I mean, an Ultron looks like it's going to be living up to the hype. I mean, just – well, from what we've seen the mm-hmm. little bit, but uh, – future look at, looking at things with splitting off going to do uh, the Civil War stuff yeah. is going to be a big deal. Uh, but one thing I soon. think that Marvel is not going to do ever, at least not for the foreseeable future, I think they're going to keep this completely linear. I don't think we're going to see rebooting. Yeah. I don't think they're going to recast Iron Man in five years. Which and I think they shouldn't. Else. And yeah. they shouldn't. I, no. Yeah. Just like the comics, they should keep this going. Yeah, pass They have down a the, stable the of fucking characters. That they can keep this going for a long time. I'm totally okay with them, though. If they would like to, at some point, grab a coat hanger and perform an abortion on Iron Man 3 in the kitchen sink, <laughs> that would be totally made. okay yeah. with me. That it's, should never have been made. It's almost that like Shane awful. Black uh, made, uh, got toilet paper made of the Mandarin. Yeah. And just wiped his yeah. ass with one of the greatest villains I in the history so of comics. I was so fucking mad when I want to like it so much because it is the closest. I mean, there's some Mandarin parts that are great. That it breaks my heart how well Robert Downey Jr. talks of that movie. Yeah. He was, he's really, really? happy. At least, at least in public, he's very well, happy. Well, I will it. say, the way that they handle the extremist storyline is really well done. Sure. And I think, and yeah. especially uh, to be able to, like, while the way that they handle Mandarin in the situation isn't good, I like the idea of having the, the figurehead sort of thing and the sort of 
double play. It, it works well in a movie that is not. It's not as ridiculous as the comic book plot line right. is, is much bigger, much more comic book. It sure. just wasn't needed. Uh, they, they, they just should have left the Mandarin, Mandarin out. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. could have been anything else. He could have still been generic terrorist who ends up being drunken British fella. Why bring it? Why, in, why be, Mandarin? be Mandarin? And Ben but, Kingsley would be a fucking awesome Mandarin. But then I have to bring it to something that I don't know if either of you guys have seen, which is the one shot that's on Thor: The Dark World. Yeah. Which is the th- the the epilogue to the Trevor Slattery story, which is him getting uh, kidnapped from prison by the Ten Rings, right? And a representative of the Mandarin. So that and a something real that Mandarin. they've talked about a lot online, some like even Kevin Feige from uh, or Feige, however you say Feige, however you say his yeah, name from. Sure. Uh, from Marvel has even said like uh, you know what if what if uh, what if the Mandarin just what has is working such big picture and long con that he made this Trevor Slattery character mm. made movies that as he's him just sort of been playing maybe us. he really was yeah. the Mandarin it's a triple the entire play. time you know? but I think I just want that because I just want them to be like because Ben Kingsley is awesome he as the be, Mandarin yeah. like he like would have been so good that it yeah. just totally fucking then. Fuck you, Guy Pierce. Go home. You don't need to be in this movie. Rewrite the yeah, end to where he's really the Mandarin. Right. Um, I think uh, they're doing that because the the uh, outcry. Basically, it's it's like having an argument with your wife, and she comes and just gives you sort of a hug and says, "It's okay, honey. We're not fighting anymore." Bullshit. You right. know, you know, you're fighting. You know, you're arguing. That's all bullshit lie. Right. That's the same thing they're doing here. We know everybody's upset about the fact that we fucked the Mandarin in the movie. Yeah. We ruined a good character. So <laughs> yeah. we're gonna do this little one shoot here at the end of Thor to make you think, "Oh no, they didn't fuck it up. We meant no. this or, the whole time." Or now, if you watch the scene play out, it's a man coming to interview Trevor Slattery in prison. About the fallout of what happened in Iron Man three and right. him pretending to be this guy, and as the scene plays out, you realize that this interviewer is actually a member of the Ten Rings, and that, and this could be cool. The way, the idea that if there really was a Mandarin and he was really out there, he wouldn't be too happy about this fucking actor on TV oh, acting yeah. like him, slandering his fucking sure. name. Yeah, sure. So that's that's kind of cool. But I, yeah. I just. There's no one else that's who's gonna play man, the Mandarin now. I mean, I yeah. guess they could get some actual Asian guy. Yeah, to play the Mandarin. that's how it should have been in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Armored Adventures or the Iron, Armored series, the animated series from Iron Man, did right. the Mandarin perfect. Yeah, perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah, my kid watched that. that. He loves it. That you're Let's do about. it then. Who's playing? Who would play the Mandarin? There's a lot of dead space Daniel here. <laughs> <laughs> from Lost, <laughs> yeah, from yeah. Lost. That would be good. Yeah, he would be good. I mean, and he'd be a little bit older by the time it would come out. I think he could probably pull that. But off. that, but that's going to go racist great. American and say my favorite Asian actor of all time, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a good point, Daniel. It, it, yeah, that would be okay because the Mandarin actually is a little bit older in, in the comic mm-hmm. books. But in and the armored series, uh, the animated the animated series does follow the fact that his son. Takes over as the Mandarin at some point. Oh, okay. You, you know can start out with some old older. Mandarin, the guy that played Shang Tsung ah, in the fucking Mortal Kombat that movie. That would be fun. Okay. <laughs> It'll never happen anyway. I don't think yeah, it's ever going to happen. happen. I think they just. They're just We're gonna just going to have to forget about him. I think yeah. they're just going to leave the whole thing on the cutting room floor. So we're going to go to our next segment, uh, and because we could talk about this forever also. Um, and that is the Freshly Baked Crackers album. Club, which we fucked up and didn't tell you guys what to listen to on the last podcast. We did so post it later we on Facebook. So before we talk about these albums, 
we are going to say that for the next podcast, which is in two weeks, um, we are going to be talking about the new Foo Fighters album. Yes. And uh, we also said we were going to be talking about, well, I can't think of what the other one was now. I'm, I'm guessing it's probably Ariana, Ariana Grande at the CMAs. Oh, of I course. don't know. Yeah. Oh, the new TV on the radio. TV on the radio, yeah. Oh, so okay. we'll be listening to the new TV on the radio and the new Foo Fighters album and giving you guys our uh, our uh, two cents on those. So you guys, in the meantime, can listen to both of them, the new TV on the radio and the new Foo Fighters are both streaming online different places. I think Rolling Stone is streaming the Foo Fighters and NPR is streaming the TV on the radio album. So, uh, and obviously if there's a stream out there, you can bootleg it if yeah. you're that kind of person. But and we'll inevitably link them on Facebook if they're available. Sure, absolutely. So. Yeah, if you go to the Facebook page, you'll, we'll have links up there immediately after uh, posting this podcast that can get you to the streams of them. Uh, but without further ado, our first album that we're going to talk about um, is uh, the first album in like what, five years? Five years, so? I think. Yeah, five years from seminal punk band Rancid. Rancid. Um, and I'm gonna let Ian take uh, off on this. I love Rancid. I love punk. It was bit a little punk phase for a while, and it kind of has stuck with me. And uh, Rancid was one of the ones that I always enjoyed. Uh, and Out Come the Wolves, I put into my top ten favorite albums. Period. I just fucking love it. It's just fun and. A fantastic representation of, of punk, and I've always enjoyed Lars Fredrickson's uh, sort of anthemy oi punk style, along with uh, Tim's you know ska punk combination was really fun. And with that being said, I think uh, Honor Honor is all we know is amazing. I think it's very fun. It, it's very representative of of Rancid. It's not the best thing they've done. I don't think it's going to be a classic. But I think that it's uh, fucking great. It's serviceable. It's it's short. It's a good listen. And it it's a uh, if you were like, hey, you ever listen to Rancid? No. Okay, we'll pick this thing up. It's a good you know sort of introduction as far as I'm concerned. Sure. I, I as someone I don't know anything about Rancid to be honest with you. I I remember uh, from when I was younger. You know, back in the '90s, I remember Matt Penfield on on uh, 120 minutes or something tonight we have rancid on the program you know i remember and i remember like seeing him on there and and hearing a couple songs but at the time i was i didn't give a shit about punk music i was i was waiting for yo mtv raps to start when i was watching 120 minutes it was just so i, I have no frame of reference with rancid so going into this i didn't know anything about them at all whatsoever i knew they were punk uh, i didn't i didn't expect it to be as catchy as it is right I didn't expect it to be as sing-alongy as a lot of the songs are. Especially, I really enjoy the title, the opening track, the song "Back Where I Belong," oh, yeah. um, which is definitely like a a non-Irish Irish drinking <laughs> song. Yeah, yeah, it kind, kind of, of is. Yeah. Um, Wayne listened to the album a little bit. It, it wasn't really my thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was okay. I didn't have. I mean, it's not. It wasn't the worst thing I've heard. Is there uh, is there any kind of punk that you've ever enjoyed, or have you ever like been into punk music at all? whatsoever? I mean, sure. I mean, if you know, I still think the Ramones qualifies. Sure, punk. yeah, Those oh, yeah, classic. That's good stuff. And there's a lot. There, there's some punk that I like. Yeah, it just really wasn't my thing. But like I said, it wasn't the worst thing I've heard all week because Nickelback has a new song on, oh, and that's God. the uh, fucking <laughs> worst thing I've yeah. heard all week. Now that's another thing. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, Wayne is a radio dj so wayne there are some things that no matter how much he doesn't like them wayne can't escape yeah i'm subjected to a yeah a, 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 yeah, yeah like for me and ian and an average person on the street you're like 
oh, there's a new Nickelback song. I'm never going to like, listen to that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I go into some shitty bar and some dipshit has played that on the jukebox, <laughs> I'll never have to hear that right, song ever. No. Wayne, on the other hand, has to play that song to the public several <laughs> times Multiple a day, times. Yep. Yeah. And it's an audible prostate exam. It really is. It's just oh, fucking terrible. It's just audible. Well, at least they're consistent. That's I mean, how this podcast has been described before, though, as an audible. But you know what? <laughs> audible, audible hysterectomy. <laughs> but I got to say, there is there is an early, early, early song from Nickelback that's actually pretty good. Like the first one I ever heard. This is the last time Wayne is going to be on the podcast. <laughs> yes. I hope you guys. What was it? I think it's called Wayne. "Too Bad." Have you ever heard "Too Bad" from Nickelback? No. no. It's a, it's just a rock song. It's really good. It doesn't even sound like anything Nickelback's done. And then they went <laughs> off the oh, cliff, yeah. and that was it. And everything has been exactly the same ever since. They're like, fuck, the first three chords of this song are really good. We should just use this on everything <laughs> we've ever done. The first, my first recollection is the, how the hell we'll wind up like this? I think that's, his, <laughs> I think that's the first one. Well, to me, like all of it sounds oh. like a, a person that has a, a real social disorder that doesn't understand how to not scream in public. <laughs> like It should be like a song, how the hell do we wind up like this? Right. Why weren't we able? Like you know, it's like it's like, and then, but instead it's just this pounding. <laughs> da, 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 da. It's just there's nothing about that music that makes me just like fuck yeah, that's catchy. I got my toes <laughs> tapping. To this, yeah. But back to the rancid though, I really enjoy the the final song. I like Grave Digger. Oh, yeah, I really great. dig Diabolical. Oh, Diabolical is my probably my favorite on there. Um, it's like a, a it's a really kicking song, and uh, Evil is my friend. Yeah, Evil is my friend is good. There's another one that's very skankable. It's it's very ska sounding. Yeah, song. absolutely. I like that a lot. And uh, I, I really I I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would because I've not been a big punk band like like uh like wayne you know the ramones uh the sex pistols another great first the first few green day albums kerplunk and dookie uh maybe a little blink 182 back in the 90s you know but nothing (laughs) real like i don't know i don't know real punk music i don't claim to um so it was new for me and i really i really enjoyed it so i would say uh as someone who doesn't know anything about ransom i would say go give it a shot if, uh, it's short. It's not going to kill you to listen for 30 minutes. It's a, least, it's a lot know? more it's... melodic than you'll think. There's a lot oh, more yeah. actual singing to it and then shouting and screaming. And, and the, uh, the the bass work is is something that's always drawn me to Rancid. It's the same thing that kept me with uh, with Bad Religion, too. You know, There's lots uh-huh. of cool fills and stuff. It's not just three chords on the bass consistently on every fucking song. There's a no, little yeah. bit of something going on in there. There's a lot of reading. Yeah, exactly. Kind of stuff in it. it yeah, makes there, it a little funky on the edge. You Absolutely. Know? I like that a There's lot. some technicality to their playing. It's right. not just slamming around on four chords. Yeah, the whole exactly. Thing. Yeah. Uh, our other album was one uh, that I've been looking forward to for like almost a decade now, which is the new Damien Rice album. Uh, Damien Rice, someone, his first album for me is probably my top five albums of all time. Like, uh, it was, it, I, I got it, and it hit me at a time when I was really changing the kind of music I was listening to. I was going from. Growing up listening basically to only hip hop music, which went into metal music somehow. <laughs> basically, because the rap metal kind of thing started, right. like I, it right. was an easy transition for me through Rage Against the Machine into Corn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought uh, it was when Rum DMC came on with Aerosmith. Not that. Uh, or, oh, okay. no. No. Okay. Although, if you are listening to this and you listen to podcasts quite free- frequently, you should listen to the uh, one of the newer Joe Rogans with Joe Perry from Aerosmith because they talk a lot about how that came to be and how the a lot of the guys in, the, in both groups were like, oh, I don't know if this is a good idea. And it wound up being one of the 
like um, biggest things monument ever. in yeah. music history. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, but Damien Rice came to me in, in, a, in a time in my early twenties, and uh, I remember after the very first year of Bonnaroo, I didn't go the first year, but Nora Jones played that year, and then the Damien Rice first album came out, and I remember telling a buddy of mine, I remember saying. If Nora Jones played at Bonnaroo last year, then Damien Rice will play this year. He's like her. He's like a male version of her with a guitar. And he did. And that's the first time I got to see him was at that Bonnaroo. And I got to see him two other times after that. Um, and his music is definitely like some of my favorite music of all time. And I think this album is his second best album. I think that his second album is his third <laughs> album in ranking at this point. I really, really enjoyed this album. I think it's sad. I think there's a lot. I don't think it's got the up, up. Uh, what would I say? The the optimistic outlook of some of the songs on the older albums do, but to know the story of him and what happened to him and that and Lisa, the girl he used to date, that was in his band. It's kind of a, it's kind of a cool like explanation of an album. Like here's why I haven't been around for the past nine years. This this shit fucked me up. <laughs> right. And I haven't been able to do anything besides I couldn't write songs that were were too you know not so depressing that i could even release them to you because they were i was i've been in such a funk um but for me like i really enjoy the first couple songs but the the album picks up at the greatest bastard that's when it kind of for me that's when it takes off and it has a real feeling of uh older chests from the first album it has uh, to me um wayne is wayne actually knows has listened to this album so he knows i listened to it all the way through actually and and i will say uh npr is where i listen to it at uh -huh. and their stream really sucks oh, oh that no. sucks no the quality was great oh right but they just have the album laid out they don't have the tracks laid out so you don't uh, know what you're listening to uh, i had no idea yeah. what i was listening to so i went to go look it up but i was i was actually busy working uh -huh. i was at work and listened to it in the background and uh, it's uh, the second track I, I really liked a lot. Okay, I have no idea what it's called. But okay. The second track was pretty good. And then the sad play. thing is, is then from that point, I wrote twenty five minutes in. I think the song was like I don't want to change or something like uh -huh. that. Mm -hmm. Was really good. Yep. And then whatever was forty six minutes in was really good. Thanks NPR for fucking that up. <laughs> All you yeah, had to do was put the tracks out there. Yeah. So, but anyway, it, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. There was yeah. some really sad parts of it though. Sure. But I like depressing sure. music. I'm okay I with it. I do too. I do too. And uh, there was a. We, we saw a trailer tonight for Interstellar. What was the movie that had uh, uh, Christian Bale in it? Was it the Moses movie? Oh, uh, yeah. The, uh, uh, Exodus, Exodus, Gods, and Kings. Yeah. yeah. And did the, the, the other one of you heard the song that was playing during that? Did you recognize it? Do you know oh, what it was? I did not, actually. That's Coldplay's new song off their album Ghost Stories. Their new okay. album Ghost Stories. Okay. It's called Midnight. Okay. It's fucking great, but okay. it's really, really, really sad, slit your wrist, sad music. <laughs> right. And I'm okay with that because there's a like, Oh, I love the sad. Oh, yeah. 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 Death Cab for Cutie has a couple of really sad songs I like. Uh, thank you for Spotify, you prick bastards for taking them both off of Spotify. Oh, wow. Oh, really? But, yeah, <laughs> I'm angry at them. I've written them some... There have been several nasty tweets between Spotify and I about mm. that, yeah. What's, uh, what, what, what's, the, what's the deal with it? Uh, the, 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 uh, they're, they're actually B cuts on the album. Uh, -huh. uh, and I guess I was probably the only person listening to them and I listened to them a lot right. and I don't know, maybe they didn't want to pay them a penny. <laughs> I probably listened to them, I don't know, 50, 60 times. So there's 60, 60 cents they were going to have to send death cab for Q to, they didn't want to send right. them. So or they pulled them off of there. Mm, that but, sucks. Yeah. As a premium user that pays nine bucks a month, you right. think yeah. that they wouldn't do that. Right. That's a bummer. But. Anyway. I can I can probably find it for you and download them. I well I was <laughs> okay. yeah so rant over on that one. But um, the Damien Rice album was good stuff. I liked it. Very very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, had never known anything about this guy before. That was something that kind of surprised me too. Being 
he's Irish and folky. It's yeah. shit that's right up my alley. It's kind of surprising I never heard anything. But I didn't know he was Irish. This, yeah. Uh, this, yeah, this fucking thing brought me down some dark paths, but god damn it, it's good. It's yeah, just it's really track good. for track. It's just really good. I do agree that it really does start to pick up after The Greatest Bastard, but uh, it's just awesome. I mean, it, it's a fucking journey with this guy. You really feel where he's come from. It's very nice knowing the backstory now too, but what about the dark paths? What, what kind of dark paths did you go down here? <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, some fucking, you know, deep shit sometimes can, it's think one about of those albums things. that I feel it's like you can't, you, yeah, you can't help but like go over regrets Yeah. or, or, you know, like it doesn't matter what your current situation is. You can still feel awkward about things that happened in your on, past yeah. or, you know, like, uh, it, it, it's yeah. It, and for me, like, you know, it's weird because like his first album was about something to me at the time that I, I got it. Right. But now it means something different to me. But yet listen to this one kind of makes me think of what it, the first one was kind of about to me at 22. Right. Well, now I'm at 34, you know, like it's, it's, but I really, uh, I really think that you, I know after giving yourself a once over with this, you should really check out. That oh first yeah. Album. The, the first one is on here. I, I was holding off until we did the podcast. I wanted to only listen to the new one. Uh, I'm jumping in on that. It's uh, it, I love his voice. His his playing style is really cool, and the fucking guy can write some lyrics. Yeah, holy shit. The the second time I saw Damien Rice was at the pageant here in St. Louis, and it was the final show of the tour he was doing at the time, and a band called the Frames were opening up. Now the lead singer of the Fl- Frames is a guy named Glenn Hansard, which later, he later went on to start the Swell Season, which is the okay. band from the movie Once. Right. And uh, so they were the opening band, another British or Irish band or Irish folky rocky band. Yeah. And then Damien Rice's band played. And then at the end of it, since it was the end of the tour, both bands, like 11, 10, 11 people came out on stage and they all played Shine On You Crazy Diamond by Pink Floyd to finish off the show. So that's one that's one of my favorite memories. But I just remember uh, he did Cannonball from the first album and it got to this point where it's just kind of like. He just lets this effect go where his guitar just drones over and over again over the top of everything, and I just remember the sh- the pageant was shaking. You know, I, I've seen I've seen the Strokes and right. Eagles of Death Metal there and stuff, you know. But the, this <laughs> this whole guy was just shaking the whole pageant, and it's something I'll never forget. Like, it, but at the same time as it was shaking, you could hear just these three little chords or three little notes he was playing right. on the strings as he did it. You know, it was, but but the guy he he's someone who I adore, and I I'm just happy that. I get to hear another He's album, back, by yeah. even if it's nothing, nothing ever again. Even if it was just this, these eight or nine songs, whatever it is, I, I'm just glad that uh, he got he got something else recorded and put yeah. out there. Definitely, yeah. Cannonball's a great song. Love oh, Cannonball. Absolutely, it's one of my favorite songs. Oh, I, you can go through that whole first album from you know Cheers, Darling, Amy, Older Chests, Cannonball, um, Volcano. Uh, uh, the blower's daughter. The whole the whole album is incredible, and then you get to the second album, and I think that it has his best song ever on it, which is "Dogs." To me, I really love the song "Dogs," but the rest of the album I think is a little meandering compared to that first album. But this 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 stuff on it. this album is the I'll be honest with you is the first album. That, well, I don't listen to albums all the way through, hardly okay. ever, I'll, because I work at a radio station. Sure, I hear I only hear the stuff that charts usually. Uh-huh. I never get the chance to sit down and actually just go all the way through album. The first one I've done in like in many, many, many years was Ryan Adams' latest album. Sure, I listened all the way through, and that album, top to bottom, is freaking great. Yeah, it really is. I, mean, the whole, I know you guys talked about it last podcast. No, we didn't really talk about it. No, yeah. because yeah. Uh, it's uh, it came out long. 
There's another album I'd like to talk about that came out this year. It's amazing is the new Counting Crows album. I oh think, yeah, I think it's one oh, of my favorite albums of all time. Album, it's yeah. it's got it's got the best Counting Crows song, the most Counting Crows Counting Crows song ever. <laughs> the opening track oh, yeah. is their swan song. Yeah, it's the most definitely. genius thing they ever did. It's amazing. It's, it's so an eight Counting minute song Crows-y. that is. It's magic. Yeah, it, oh, yeah. It, it, you get every single bit of what makes Counting Crows amazing. You get a rolling piano part. You get good guitar work. There's a mandolin in the background. You get the parts uh, where Duritz is, is is being poetic with his lyrics yeah. and singing, but you also get the parts where, hey, hey, man, hey. <laughs> when it, like, And if you've ever seen Counting Crows live, they are a jam band in a sense that his words are how they jam. Right. They don't have crazy guitar solos. The band just gets quiet and keeps playing, and he just goes into something. And he right. just and it, like, around here might become fifteen minutes long, and he might be in the middle of doing this. I I just need a phone call, you know. And he might just be going on this long thing. It's raining in Baltimore. He goes on this on this long spiel, and you're just I just stand there and just stare like holy shit, this guy. I I think that Adam Duritz is the closest thing, like the best lyricist writer since Dylan. Like, I really feel that way. I love The Counting Crows. And I think this is the best thing they've ever done. But the new Ryan, the best song they've ever done. But the new Ryan Adams album, genius. And I didn't like it the first time I heard it at all. Yeah, you didn't like it? At all. I still actually really? listen to it. First time I heard it, I was just like, what is this Don Henley sounding bullshit? <laughs> yeah, no. What is so this goddamn like 80s? Right. That first song. Uh, just that super sustained guitar over everything. I didn't like it at all. At all. But I liked my wrecking ball because it sounded like, you know, it was acoustic Ryan Adams. So I made myself keep listening to it. And I was just like, what? And now. I love it. Now, give me something. Kim is one of my favorite Ryan Adams songs That's of really all good. time now. <laughs> it's really good. And it was ama- and and getting to and also getting to see the album live when he came to town blew it good to pieces. Song, but yeah. I mean, I bought it on vinyl now. I oh, yeah. love the album. But when I first got uh when I first listened to the NPR stream, not when I first downloaded the bootleg cuz I don't do things like that. Uh I just did. I just. I wanted more of Ashes and Fire. I guess I wanted more of the folky, acoustic right. thing. And you know, that's just me being an asshole, just being like, <laughs> I'm bringing my stuff into this album. Yeah, like, right. I didn't make this album. Where's my songs? Yeah. yeah why did you? Why weren't you thinking about me when you made this? <laughs> and now I've now I've listened to the album front to back like five or six times. You know, and like it's fucking amazing. It's I fucking doubt. Amazing. I doubt Kim becomes a single. But stay, but stay with me and Am I Safe yeah. are definitely going to be singles. Stay with me. You can hear, stay with me One is a freaking great best song. Ones in the show live. Yeah, too. they really they nail all the vocals very very well. His backing band that he's surrounded himself with right now is awesome. Even though the Cardinals were really good too, these guys are awesome. And he also, when I got to see him, he played drums for the opening act. Oh yeah, you were saying that. The, so uh, cool. and the other guys from his band played bass and and second guitar and uh, organ, and then he came out. His drummer stayed in the back, and he came out and played drums for the guy the whole time. Very cool. Because we were at a weird angle, and I was just like, "Does this guy's drummer look just like Ryan Adams? He has the <laughs> hair and that leather or the the denim jacket kind of thing going, you know." And then finally, at one point, the guy's like, "I want to thank Ryan for playing for playing <laughs> drums tonight." I was like, "Okay, it is nice. It is, yeah." But yeah, I, I agree with you, Wayne. I think it is a great album. A really, uh, we'll see if album. radio allows this, those two to be singles. If the yeah. Billboard will let it through, yeah, because they're just a bunch of fucking assholes. Yeah. I, I hate Billboard so much. I hate the way radio operates yeah. nowadays. Billboard ruins so much good music. Sure, I mean you got something like "Give Me Something Good" from Ryan Adams that will get on the charts, and a year from now, if I come back here a year from now. 
that song will probably still be on the fucking Hot 100 somewhere. Sure. And getting played by a dozen radio stations in small markets just beat to death. Yeah. Right. Because it's still in the Hot 100, so we still have to play it. Right. Yeah. It, it's just that that that's people want to know why they why people have gotten driven to digital music stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why. Definitely, you burn people out. And it's like definitely that. made it to a a place where people. You have to really you have to do your homework yeah. if you want to find good music. Yeah, you're not gonna the the cream of the crop music is not what you're gonna hear on the radio. The what's on the radio is what people will buy. Right, and and what, people that still buy music are young kids. We're still not selling albums. No platinum albums still this year. Taylor I mean, Swift's album oh, she went did. platinum. Really? Yes, I did. There will be that. another platinum album this year, even though I don't think it's very good after listening to it. A Pink Floyd album will go yeah, platinum. Yeah. Especially with the special Inevitable. edition that they're putting out and stuff like that, that comes with I think comes with a DVD and stuff, and it's right. not very much money. I think that yeah. I think I think they're going for doing platinum this year. Yeah, you know, I think they're. Tr- there's a, there's another couple things. Uh, you know, the Foo oh, Fighters okay. have a decent chance of getting to yeah. platinum. Possibly and with the with show, this that's going to help them too. And the album is good. Yeah, the album is very good. From what I it just started uh, streaming on NPR or Rolling Stone yesterday, and right. I think it's good. You know, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. One of my favorite places to get into music, hands down, on Spotify, is there. You ever go with their playlist? You ever subscribe to their playlist? Huh. They've got a playlist for for uh, like their Hot 100. Okay. Which of course is vastly different from radio. Right. Or, and and well, not radio, but Billboard, because Billboard goes by the number of times a radio station plays a song. Sure. Spotify's Hot 100 goes by the number of times you played the song. Right, right. So it's actually what people really are listening to. But they've also got an alternative playlist, which is fucking great because there's a lot of great new music on it. Mm-hmm. Like they've got the new Cold War Kids on there. They got two songs from the Cold War Kids, which is a great group. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and they got uh, one from uh, what is it, Trainwreck 1979. Oh, okay. nice. You ever listen to them? <laughs> yeah. I've heard. They're of them. fucking great. <laughs> yeah. They That's really, really cool. are. That's the yeah. new thing right now, though, is putting a date in your a band. date. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For a while, it was being the the whatever the strokes. Uh, right. The Hives, yeah. the whoever. Now it's like sort of Death thing. from Above, 1979. That's a great There's, song. Yeah, it yeah. really is a great, yeah. great song. <laughs> I slipped that on the air one day. Just okay. for nice. it. It's a go. great nice. song. But yeah, I, th- I think there's there's been a few, uh, and there's a new Kendrick Lamar. I don't know if that Kendrick Lamar album is coming out this year or next out year, but that'll be a huge deal. Yeah. His first album is was a was a monumental album in the, in the history of hip hop so that'll you know it's back to it went it took us back to smart people rapping again right and 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 selling records not right. being not to mean the people that can only play music festivals in front of white audiences right. like the, there's there's a lot of people who are relegated to that you know who are like uh, people like Aesop Rock because right. he's not ASAP Rocky. ASAP right. Rocky is the guy who I I do songs with Skrillex. That shit is <laughs> that is not to me that is that is I know that neither of you guys are big people and big into hip hop. Hip hop means a lot to me, right? And it, and it is a, one of the true American musics, right? You know, and yeah. it, it came from here. We right. made that right. here, and uh, like there is smart hip hop. There is there is thought provoking hip hop that is about issues and and things that are interesting. And then there's shit that's just about rims and money, right? And yeah. champagne, and this and. You know, hip-hop is the best example of the best shit not getting on the radio. Right. Because it's it's definitely the dumbest, lowest common denominator shit. And when people put something out that is intelligent, you have to go to see... You have to go to the lo- smallest stage at Bonnaroo to see that guy. Right. Meanwhile, Lil Wayne is playing in front of 30,000, 40,000 people. Yeah, exactly. With his ignorant lyrics about nothing. <laughs> but people... But Action Bronson, who is a genius wordsmith, is relegated to the side tent, right? 
And, you know, like, and, and I think that's what sucks about music in general is like people, I see people, oh, there's no good rock and roll music anymore. There's just, no, you just don't know that My Morning Jacket is allowed right. there. You yeah, don't exactly. realize that there isn't, like, man, I like, so I like old stuff like, like Led Zeppelin. There ain't shit like that anymore. Yeah, there is. Jack White's still putting out <laughs> right, albums. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to not be so fucking tied up to this old shit and you have to do a little work to find some right. of this music. And you have to ignore the noise like the new Bob Seger song. Have you sure. heard this? Ooh, Detroit no. Made. Yeah, oh my God, it's I, fucking terrible. It's awful, you. awful, awful. All but I, it's on radio. Yeah. All I know is that Bo- all I saw was Bob Seger's releasing a new album, and it's on a label with a bunch of country artists on it. And I was like, okay, okay I don't need that. I right. know that I know that Bob Seger's an old man now, and he's just trying to capture he's some kind of <laughs> something of what's going on today. So and he's to work, yeah. yeah. You know, well, it's not like Bob Seger's went and he had just had some fucking shit in his heart, and right? Had to go, yeah, had exactly. to go put it down and, and make another night moves. <laughs> he was just like, well, I should try my hand at this shit. Some other people from my generation right. are putting albums out. And and, and by the way, you talk about smart hip hop and. And ridiculous hip hop. Which one is the one being played in Ferguson? Oh boy, <laughs> we we shy from those issues on this yeah, podcast. I'm just saying. I'm just uh, saying. Just Unfortunately, saying. some of the smartest rappers in the game have been here and like yeah. involved, like Talib Kweli. Yeah, Talib Kweli, who you know is a big a proponent of all the stupidity in hip hop and all the thugness and all right. the we're super rich. You know, I mean, he's the guy. They did the song "Get By," you know. Right, I mean, if you yeah. know, if you know the chorus of the song, the song. Uh, this morning, I woke up feeling brand new. I jumped up, feeling my highs and my lows, and my sh- soul and my goal is just to stop smoking and stop drinking. I've been thinking I got my reasons just to get by. That's that's the guy who wrote that. That's right. not the guy that wrote. And now we owe him royalties. Thank move, you. bitch, get out of the way. <laughs> right. You yeah, know, exactly. that's a whole different. And it's it's because and there's also a difference between My Morning Jacket and Nickelback. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, and Nickelback is what gets played on the radio, but My Morning Jacket is the thing that Robert Plant says. Well, this is a fucking rock band. Right. You know, people from yesteryear who are uh, Gary Clark Jr. No one knows who right. the fuck Gary Clark Jr. is, but you'll tell me there's not blues music out there today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, everyone cries about the Allman Brothers who are a, a shell of their former selves yeah. retiring. Oh, God, what are we going to do with that? And, the, and further, the Grateful Dead shit side project, they they called it quits this year. What are we going to do? Listen to new people. That's right. what you're going to yeah, do. Exactly. You're going to get over the shit, okay? And, yeah. If I got Support over Biggie music. and listened to rap of today, you can get over Led Zeppelin. <laughs> right. Okay? And I love Led Zeppelin, but I'm sick and tired of looking at music websites and be like, oh, Robert Plant said something about oh, Zeppelin maybe tour it. No, he said that. He's never going to do that. Right. I don't. It's not going to happen. I'm never going to get to see Led Zeppelin. So I should figure out the rack and tours. Because <laughs> yeah, they're a yeah, great exactly. rock and roll band of today. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Got to see him live at the pageant once. Oh, right. I got awesome. to see him at Bonnaroo. Yeah. I, I, I got to see the White Stripes oh, that's when cool. they were at Bonnaroo. Nice. Years Jealousy. Um, yeah. I, I've got to see a lot of, I'm lucky enough to get to see a lot of concerts and a lot of really good bands yeah. play. I got to see like, like strange things like uh, the Puff Daddy and the Family World Tour 1999. <laughs> when it was, when they were, the, when they were selling, they couldn't even have printed money as fast as they were making it, <laughs> oh, right. selling records back then when it was like Puff Daddy and Mace. And uh, the, the, the main act was Puff Daddy, Mace, The Locks, 112, Faith Evans, and Little Kim, and they were called the Bad Boy Family. And then the opening acts were Foxy Brown, um, and then three people who were on their first album. They were barely known at the time, and they were named Buster Rhymes, Jay-Z, and Usher. <laughs> 
And that was and that show was thirty dollars. Right. That concert was, and in between every person, Kid Capri spun nice. records. It was amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, everyone's like, you guys should check out this new guy, Jay Z. He's gonna be good. <laughs> He'll be all right. His you hear his first album? He's gonna be big someday. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, really. Well, I think I think we're about ran out of time for tonight. We've, yeah, we're uh, we've, we've, we've this has been a long one, but it's been a good one. Yeah. Um, oh, before we leave, we have to address something. We can't wait for the next one, and that is the rumor out there right now. Uh, last week we talked about the DC schedule. We talked about uh, the fact that they're fast tracking a Suicide oh, yes, Squad yes. film before any before Justice League, before Flash, before any of that shit. We're getting a Suicide Squad film. Uh, the first, which David Ayers is directing, I'm pretty sure. Um, the first thing that we got out of the, that was that they're trying to extend Jesse Eisenberg's contract to put Lex Luthor in the in the movie, right. which which he did uh, run part of Suicide uh, Suicide Squad at one point. But the big thing this week is that they are highly highly uh, seeking out Jared Leto for the Joker. Yes, um, which which I don't think in the history of film there's been a bigger set of shoes to fill than Ledger's Joker. Like yeah. that's a daunting task for any actor to be the guy, the next guy who has to come play that's this a character. Huge understatement, really. Have you but heard I like, this at all? I have heard this, and I like Jared Leto. I like it. I think that this is a good pick. Yeah. If they go with this, I think this would be a good pick. I think Jared Leto. I like Jared Leto acting. I think Jared Leto's music is dog. Oh shit. yeah. Don't I like don't, his music? I don't listen to. That I happen now. to be a big Thirty Seconds to Mars fan. I love Thirty Seconds to Mars. Although I've heard that the documentary about them trying to put their album out and fighting their record company and stuff, I heard it's really, really. Interesting. It is really good. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched it. It's very, really, we, really we well done. We almost rented it on uh, on iTunes a while back because I've heard it's nothing but good. But yeah, the whole, I, I don't like emo music. I yeah, it's. But you know that's quite. It's classified as emo music, but I really don't put it there. Well, anytime because someone the, sings like this, I'm out. Anytime uh, it that, that's like. The but the kill of, isn't. The kill is a is is a rock song that really doesn't do that. Kings and Queens doesn't do that. Yeah. I mean, he he does that in some songs, but the 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 good stuff is out there. It's, yeah, I think a lot of groups do that. They have sure. the stuff. You know, the, we we all have stuff we wish we hadn't made. We yeah. all so I have stuff I we wish we true. didn't do. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> can't all be gems, right? But oh, you want. <laughs> <laughs> who I consider the greatest musician of all time has has got several albums that I'm sure Bob Dylan wishes he had. Right, made, yeah. Like Mercy and Saves, <laughs> when all of a sudden he's like, I'm going to do uh, gospel music. Like, after <laughs> a while, I was like, that didn't work, Bob Dylan. You were Bob Dylan. Do you remember <laughs> yeah, you were Bob Dylan? You were, you were really the guy was like, like, we're going to change the world, man. And like, <laughs> this religious establishment ain't, ain't something that we're going to follow anymore. Then all of a sudden he's like, I'm going to put three albums out. About Jesus, <laughs> right? Have you ever, have you ever seen Jared Leto in the uh, in the movie with? Uh, oh, I think oh, his about, acting is phenomenal. It's about uh, it's about weapons. It's about uh, damn it, who's Lord it of with? War. Lord of War. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> he's great in that yeah. movie. Really good. And he was very good in Dallas Buyers Club. Requiem. Didn't see him in that one yet. It's I fantastic. Seen it yet. It's yeah, fantastic. I haven't seen it either. I, that's one. He's I, great. He, I like to watch him get his uh, ass beat in <laughs> Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I forget. We forget. Yeah, he's in, he's that in Fight Club. Gets the shit punched out. He's of Jordan Catalano. I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a person who grew up in the '90s. You know, I, I, I like I watched my so-called life, so I know Jordan Catalano. <laughs> so, what's are they, they going to have Jared Leto? Be the character and Mark Hamill voice him. Is that how they're going to do that, it? That, that, that would yeah. be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, uh, if if, yeah, if, if anyone go if anyone's direction. not super nerdy enough to know this, as listening to this, the 
Well, you've been watching the Batman animated series and animated <laughs> films for the past 15 years yeah. now or more. Uh, that's been Luke Skywalker being the, the Joker the entire the uh, ooh Harley <laughs> bats made bats. Uh, that's that's been uh, Mark Hamill Mark the Hamill. whole time, yeah. yeah. And as rough as he looks, you know, nowadays they could have him just be the Joker. Oh, and sure, yeah. it might work. Yeah. Now, here's nice. who I was talking about earlier. I thought would be good as the Joker. Now, think of what the Joker looks like in the animated film. His hair, yeah. His slender build and stuff like that. Now think of you know which Tom... goes back to the '60s Joker. Sure, yeah. it harkens back Definitely. to that. Yeah. yeah. Do you know Do you know who Tom Kenny is? Voice of SpongeBob. I think he might have checked me out when I bought my tea down here at Seven <laughs> Eleven. I don't know. He He's the voice of SpongeBob. He was on Mr. Show. Okay. With Bob he was on David. Mr. Show. He's in Shakes the Clown. He's yeah. the evil guy in Shakes the Clown. And if you watch him as that evil clown and shakes the clown, he would be such a good Joker. He would be such a great he Joker. Look, he looks very much like the comic book Joker. And he would go along the, the goofy, cartoon. crazy voice yeah. uh, that, that Hamill kind of did. It, it, he would be a pretty fun choice. I now, think. what kind of Joker do they want, though, for this movie? Well, this is something he, that Ian and I were talking about earlier. I don't. I think that they need to do something that's got more humor and levity to it because... You can't. We we just saw Dark Joker. We have we to just go in saw another direction. The perfect Dark Joker because it's already going to be immediately compared to to uh, uh, everything. Fucking to Ledger. Like, yeah, to Ledger. Ledger's it, exactly. I mean, he's the, the last shoes, one. He was so amazing. The fucking ja- everything he wears will be compared to it. Everything, every way he walks, the way he so talks, all of it will. We need to separate it as much. They need to to go as as far in another direction. I think is possible. But he had a lot of humor. Ledger's thing. Ledger's Joker he had a lot of humor, but not not. Zany humor. It was more the. It was more like tongue in cheek. Yeah, very dark. One liners, dark one liners. Sarcastic. So, you know, yeah. like, it wasn't like. Luckily, it was more cynical. It was definitely yeah. way on the other side of the spectrum of. Uh, of uh, this town needs an enema. <laughs> but see, but see, that's when I hated Batman. God yeah. damn, I hated Batman in the nineties. There wasn't yeah. a. I, I didn't like any of the movies. I'm gonna Michael tell you Keaton, a really good Val story. Kilmer, the, where the dude Kevin from Smith ER. will be your hero against against <laughs> Tim Burton's shitty Batman. Uh, whenever Tim Burton did Planet of the Apes, the very end, when Mark Wahlberg gets back to the to Earth, yeah. there is the head of a of Caesar on top of the Lincoln Memorial. They did that in a Jay and Silent Bob comic book years before that. <laughs> so in an interview as a joke, they were asking Kevin Smith, like, so he uh, he stole that from you, you know, from that Jay and Silent Bob thing. And as a joke, Kevin Smith was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I've had some lawyers look at that because, you know, it's obvious that he took that from our idea, you know, as a joke. And then and Burton got super defensive. Yeah. And he was just like, I didn't steal that from Kevin, some Kevin Smith comic book. I don't read comic books. I'm not, I'm not going to waste my time reading comic books. <laughs> to which Kevin Smith replied, well, that explains those first two Batman movies. <laughs> <laughs> which recently, now we're just going to keep going, but uh, recently there was a really good Cracked article oh, about yeah. those Batman movies, about the original Batmans all the way through Schumacher's and how the idea that those first two movies are Batman. Being Batman, it's Bruce Wayne and, the, and, real, and the, real, the real Bruce Wayne, real the Gotham real Batman. City. Those are more; those are the actual. You're seeing that actual happen, and then the movies after it are in that world. The movies about Batman, yeah. Those the are the over- those movies are about the Batman from the first two movies, but they are that universe's 
comic-y over the and it's a really cool article that crack put out the idea is like the, the stuff in the schumacher films are so blatantly ridiculous the fucking batman card and the ice skates and the boots yeah. and gotham is much more bright and sort of ridiculous. but it's still gotham it's from still the gotham. other movies it still has the big hulking metropolitan architecture of being you yeah. know shadowy encased it is a very fascinating at, at uh, some theory. point with, with when the i think i think it happened around the second movie the first movie wasn't all that bad but when it happened, the second movie, when you had the ridiculous, and you know, credit the penguin was a cool character, sure. but it just didn't fit. It no. never fit. It just didn't work in the movie. There's no way he and, is a formidable foe. For no, 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 no. Danny and, so, yeah. so, at some point, so at some point, this became more to Warner Brothers about, hey, we can make money at theme parks off of fucking roller right. coasters. Yep. Yeah. So let's just keep turning out Batman movies and what building roller the, coasters I, I, all over the country. The, whole, the Penguin's Lair is a ride. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they sure. had a Batman movie. They had a Batman ride here in St. Louis. It's still there. Oh, yeah. It's still there. It's still there. It's a good ride. Yeah. Well, the Batman had ride from the Burton era is better than the Bur- the Batman movies. The ride is better than the movies. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. So they kept turning this shit out. It is fucking terrible. Now they've updated the Batman ride out there, and there's a tumbler instead of the old Batmobile. Like they've tried to update nice. it to the Nolan Nolan. I love the animated series in the '90s, though. Yeah. Batman the animated series, the one with uh, with Hamill and uh, yeah. Kevin Conroy as Batman. That that fucking Batman voice is just oh, it's amazing. That's the definitive Batman yeah. voice to me. It's a, he's so wonderful. Just like the definitive ba- uh, Superman voice is that dude from Wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, we are going to call this a podcast. Thank you all for listening to us. Thanks again. Uh, this second time, we uh, we will be back in two weeks. Uh, again, listen to the new Foo Fighters album. Listen to the new TV on the radio album. We're going to be checking out in the meantime. And we will have another guest in two weeks, I believe. We are going to be having a local St. Louis musician, Melanie Meyer, a drummer of several different uh, local bands, is going to be in here to talk about the St. Louis music scene and what's going on with that kind of music stuff. Talk. So is she hot? Um, do what? I'm a sexist pig. Is she hot? She's she's a friend of ours, so of course <laughs> yeah. she is. She's oh, a beautiful okay. woman. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, she's also she's also a cook and has yeah. and spent a lot of time cooking on a line with me and cooking <laughs> with Ian. So uh, she's a very good. Oh, definitely. We have we have technical difficulties. <laughs> my microphone um, over. And then uh, coming up, I'm trying to work out the date with him, but a local St. Louis musician and uh, billed as the world's drunkest one man band, Jay Boozer, will be on one of our podcasts. But uh, he was supposed to be here a month from today, but he's going to be touring around Colorado. He's going to be playing out there. So uh, trying to figure that out too. In the meantime, you might get one of just me and me and uh, Ian here. You oh, never yeah. know; it might just be the crackers. So and a possible Far Cry. Uh, oh yeah, uh, coming up. We we really haven't explored gaming very much, but we are both very big gamers. And uh, this coming month, we have uh, Far Cry Four coming out, which is my most. In- Even though GTA Five came out this year, my biggest anticipated oh, game yeah. is for Far Cry Four because they're on four now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even though I didn't play the first two, I didn't start Far Cry until Far Cry Three. Far Cry 3 is the most fun I've ever had playing a game in my entire life. It's I, think. The, I love it's Far the Cry best 1 on the computer. Shooter. Oh, yeah. Far, Far Cry 3, 3 is, is, is the best first-person shooter It, it, it has evolved first-person shooting to such a degree. It's it's Instead of just being pretty, it, it it's Skyrim does with so many things. Oh, ex- yeah, exactly. There's crafting. There's all that kind of stuff. All the stuff that's, that's in... Skyrim, but it's in wildlife. Oh, yeah. that's fucking fantastic. So yeah, so in the next the next month we might be having a, we might be doing a live playthrough on Ustream. We might be videoing some stuff and throwing that up there. So uh, we'll let everybody know and we'll keep it. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Freshly Baked Crackers. 
uh, Twitter at Fresh Crackers. Instagram. Uh, Instagram. Freshly baked crackers with underscores. Freshly underscore baked underscore crackers. Uh, we will be getting more active on that in the coming weeks. And thanks again a lot, guys, for listening to us. And thanks big time for uh, our friend Wayne yeah, for coming and being for our first well, guest on the podcast. Thanks for asking me. I appreciate it. It was if a fun some, time. If somehow this becomes a huge podcast someday and we have Neil deGrasse Tyson on here talking <laughs> to us, you can be like, oh, I was the first guest on that motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck Neil deGrasse right. Tyson. We don't really mean that, Neil deGrasse no, Tyson. Please. If there's somehow that anyone knows him or if anything, like we love on, you and you are, you are a goddamn amazing yeah, example of our species. Hero, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, with that in, with that done, uh, being said, enjoy your uh, week, everybody. Have fun, and uh, I don't you, know. We got to come. We, we'll come up with some kind of sign off thing before <laughs> next week. I almost said enjoy your burrito, like the nerdist, <laughs> but that's like not our crack thing. Crack us out. Yeah, but it has to be more existential. We'll come yeah. up with something. You know. Uh, in the meantime, don't don't break your crackers. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> no. See you, everybody. <laughs>